Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for booking your flight through Study Abroad Airlines. My name is Brittany, and I will be your Study Abroad Advisor. Your phone should be set on podcast mode. Please sit back and enjoy your flight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Warriors Abroad from Stan State Study Abroad Podcast. I am your host, Lena Molina, and Study Abroad Ambassador. Today's guest will talk about one of the programs we offer and is relatively a popular choice for Stan State students who go abroad. Would you like to please introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, howdy, Lena. Thanks for having me on. Um, so my name is Chuck Petranek, and I work for USAC, which is short for University Studies Abroad Consortium. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much for joining joining us, Chuck. Um, let's dive right in. So yeah, have sure, you ever good. studied abroad? And you know, where oh, and ahead. when did you study abroad? Yeah, so great question. Um, and it's a surprising answer. So uh, I've never actually studied abroad. And so, you know, I I was a student who fell prey to like the myths of study abroad. And, you know, I'm sure in your role, you probably talk to students about these myths all the time, but they tend to be students believe that it's going to be too expensive. It's going to delay their graduation and it's going to be dangerous. Um, I was from like a small agrarian town in rural Montana, you know, 150 people in the town. I graduated in the class of nine. So like when I went to university, uh, that was that was like a big change, a big shift for me. And so but come come loaded with that were those thing were those myths of like, hey, you know, like it's it's a tax on my family to be even going to university. And so to think about adding more costs on top of that with like a study abroad program. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think that was like an option that I could do. And if I knew then what I know now, I would have done my undergraduate experience a lot differently. And I'll, I'll get into a little bit more of that uh, a little bit later. But what I uh, did do after I, you know, it was my senior year of undergrad when I realized that those myths were bonkers and it was too late for me to do a study abroad program or like any international travel with my my undergraduate degree. And and I tried and I, and I didn't succeed. Um, and, you know, I've been having FOMO ever since. And so... <laughs> And, and so, so because of the FOMO, like I got, I started to, you know, work with Institute Affairs and then I got a job with a study abroad organization. And that job allowed me to not be a student on study abroad, but lead students on study abroad programs. So, you know, I took students to, you know, on like trips and tours within Morocco, within Italy, within Greece, within Croatia. And yeah, it was amazing. And I just got to see like the impact it had on students while like leading them through those experiences. And it really like changed the trajectory of my life, if you will. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And so, and so after that, I like decided like, I'm going to go live abroad for a while, you know, for like a concerted amount of time. And so then I ended up living in Nicaragua for, you know, about three or four months. Um, and just, just did that for like a, a way to get like some long term, longer term immersion. Um, and so that's kind of my, uh, my storied past with studying abroad and my, my FOMO that's packaged into that. Okay. Um, is there any place in particular that you have not traveled to that you would like to travel to? Oh yes. 100%. Like I, 
have been meaning to get to basically anywhere in Asia. Like I really want to go to either Thailand or Indonesia. Like those two are like on okay. top of my bucket list. You know, I want to go to Thailand because like there's so many beautiful temples. And then, and that's like that's a country that was never colonized, mm-hmm. and so just to have like that cultural experience of like being so immersed in a culture that isn't like, you know, you know, saturated with some kind of zeitgeist from like European colonial powers, like seems like like that's an experience that I want. So that's like next on my bucket list. Okay, that's awesome. I think to add to what you were saying too, I think as someone who recently studied abroad um I think the myths that you're talking about are very real and they're like real concerns for students because I remember feeling like I could never study abroad because of financial um you know problems or because I didn't want to delay my graduation and I think for me like I've talked about it in a previous podcast of my own my own episode (laughs) where I talked about how it was very last minute for me and there's a lot of resources out there that, you know, allow you to travel. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, due to those things you didn't, but now you took a different path to still work with that group of students who do want to um, try to, you know, study abroad. Now let's get into um, more about USAC. So um, can you please tell us about USAC and what it is? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So uh, USAC is, once again, it's short for University Studies Abroad Consortium. Um, basically, this is a nonprofit uh, it used to be out of the University of Nevada, of Nevada Reno. Um, that's kind of how it started. But now it has since become a nonprofit. It's a study abroad organization that's been in business since 1982, I believe. Um, and what we do is we have, a, we have more than 50 programs in about 25 different countries. And the way that I always think about USAC and what drew me to this organization as like a place to work um, is that I think it really follows imbued within its mission and what it does are what I call the four A's. We make programs that are affordable. We make programs that are authentic. We make programs that are academic and we make programs that are accessible. And, and so the, yeah, I can like look at like our study abroad guide for like financial aid and right on the front of it you know it says study abroad isn't just for the privileged few and that's that's something i can get down with that's some kool-aid that i want to drink um of course i so agree with that that's that's something i'm always preaching to people yeah 100 and if i had known about like usac programs back when i was that undergrad kid like or student i should say um i shouldn't like infantile myself um (laughs) But if I had known that and like known about their programs, you know, I probably wouldn't have that, that, that regret. Of course. So moving on to, you know, now more of the financial questions, you know, what financial aid and scholarships can be used for USAC? Great question. So I, I always tell this to any student that I'm working with from any university. And so it's always important that uh, if you're receiving, you know, federal and state financial aid to get in contact with your financial aid office, because every university is very different and they have different policies that kind of define how they do their aid. And so it's always best to talk with the experts there to know what aspects of your financial aid package will be able to be dispersed to you 
for the purposes of studying abroad. Um, and it also could be, you know, of great benefit to you to do that too, because sometimes you can go in with like the, the budget sheet and they can adjust your aid package. So you can get, you know, even more aid dispersed to you um, depending on what your university's policies are. And so um, I'm not too sure on what those would be with uh, Stan State. Um, definitely excited to learn. Uh, and if you have like any pointers on that, I'd love to learn about that as well. But yeah, typically whatever your financial aid office is cool with dispersing to you for the purposes of study abroad, um, you can take that disbursement and then you know use that directly with USAC. And what USAC does is if you know, the deadlines don't match up, you know, say the student's going to get their disbursement after USAC's program fee is due. All the student has to do is contact us, let us know about that, and then we'll adjust your, your payment date. Um, because once again, we want to be flexible. We want to get students out in the world as opposed to like making more and more hoops for things. But in terms of scholarship and aid, this is, this is something where USAC, where USAC shines. And we, we give out over $2 million in aid each year. Um, and I think that's pretty impressive too, because, you know, we're a nonprofit. We're not like sitting there, like, you know, trying to be a for-profit business. Mm -hmm. um, and which is, I think, you know, keeps our heart in the right place. Mm -hmm. um, with that aid, we have it like we have it divvied up in like different kind of ways and different kind of buckets, if you will. And so we have like, region and university specific aid. We have access based for students of color, first generation students, students with disabilities, STEM students, um, all kinds of different uh, demographics. We also have program specific uh, aid. So like for example, you know, students might want to go to a program in Korea and there might be a specific scholarship for that one in particular. Um, yeah. And then also what we do too is for that aid that we give out we don't have like a million different applications mm. we just have one and it consists of about three different essay questions uh that the students would need to to complete to be able to do like a, an apply all if you will and since you're stan state uh you all have some extra perks so for folks who don't know usac is an affiliated program with stan state mm -hmm. and so due to that we, uh, Stan State gets like a $385 discount from the, the program discounts. So if you, so you're a Stan State student and you go online and you're checking out the USAC programs on usac.edu, you know, it's going to say the program fee for Chiang Mai, Thailand is, you know, seven, seven K. You can take 385 off the top of that. Thanks. And with some programs, this isn't true for all USAC programs, but for some programs, and I think we have a question a little bit later about this, for some programs, that discount can go from 385 up to 800 bucks. And so that's like, for some programs, it's nearly like a grand off. And when, when you look at program costs too, you know, to some, you know, compared to the 7K, 300 might not seem like a lot, but when you really look at the breakdown of, you know, the program as a whole, I mean, $300, $400 is still $400 off that someone's not having to pay out of pocket. So I think that's a really great opportunity for, you know, students to access that if they're from here from Stan State. 
Um, but continue on with what you were saying. Sorry. Oh, I like what you're saying there. And I kind of want to tug on that string a little bit. So um, I think of like, you know, 385 bucks, you know, maybe this is going to just reveal to the audience that I have like a problem, but my grocery bill is about 300 bucks a month. (laughs) And so, and so that, you know, saving an extra 385 bucks, you know, on your program, like might have like a great impact on how you can use that money in country because I'm paying, you know, I'm coming from the central coast of California. That's where I'm talking, speaking to you from today, you know, and so it's got a higher cost of living. If I go to, you know, a location in Chile and, um, you know, where else can I like Korea, um, Thailand, Uruguay, you know, $300 for like groceries is like, you know, you'd be like eating caviar every day. I don't know if that's exactly true, but trying to just drive that point home. Yeah. And kind of to add to your point, since we're on this topic now, for example, I studied abroad in South Africa, right? Last fall. And just like you were saying, you know, 300 here for me over there was a lot more and lasted a lot more and went a longer way for whether that was like restaurant food or groceries, it wasn't what I'm paying here for groceries. You know what I mean? So yeah, 100%. So yeah, so Stan State definitely benefits with like those, uh, those discounts that I was talking about. Um, I always also encourage students to do to pursue other scholarships like the Gilman. That's like a scholarship that's for Pell eligible students, the Boren. And I'll talk about USAC's language perks or, you know, where we shine with language later, but the born is like a great scholarship where um, you can get a lot of aid if you're doing like a language focus with your program. And then there's other programs like the Gilman McCain, you know, a a whole bunch of different, you know, flavors of those like nationwide scholarships. Um, And, you know, I always encourage students to uh, apply for those as well, because, you know, if you're staying at home, and you're getting your federal aid package and maybe you're getting some aid on top of that you can't really like apply for these things but if you can take a bunch of that federal aid that you're getting and then get even more scholarships on top of that then that can bring costs down and uh you know maybe you could even figure out how to swing it where you're uh paying less out of pocket for a study abroad program than you are uh, staying here at your home in university. Yes, that is so true. And um, kind of going back to the whole Gilman Scholarship, I was a recipient of the Gilman Scholarship. Well, congrats. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I can definitely say that just with that one scholarship itself, it helped me pay for like almost half of my trip. So, or not my trip, but my study abroad, you know, expenses like flights and the more costly things you know because I feel like when you do go on to a program too a lot of the times I feel like flight is usually the most expensive with tuition you know and then aside from that it's just how you spend your money and how you're budgeting and things like that so um with the scholarships I always do highly recommend anybody who's listening to apply to them um especially ones like the Gilman scholarship uh that provide you know various amounts to students. So thank you for bringing that one up. Yeah, no happy to always plug the Gilman and congrats. It's like, uh, that's awesome that you got it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so kind of looking into the. I'll, I'll throw one more piece in and, you know, we, we do have folks that work at USAC that help with scholarships and help advising with scholarships as well. And so, um, if a student, 
because it goes back to like that brochure I was talking about, you know, study abroad, we don't want it to just be for the privileged few. And so, you know, if you're trying to go for a study abroad program, you're looking at your finances and you're seeing that things aren't quite adding up, but they're close, you know, hit up USAC, let us know because we'll, we'll work with you to figure out like, you know, either scholarship advising or, you know, a payment plan um, or anything of that nature, just because, you know, we we just see the value of students, you know, seeing this world and learning about this world. So, OK, thank you for letting us know. Um, I hope students take advantage of those resources when they do decide to go through USAC. Um, kind of transitioning into more of your program. What is the flexibility flexibility like in terms of the semesters? Do you guys have semester programs, year-long programs, winter, summer semesters? Um, what does that look like for, for USAC? Yeah, so we offer um, terms that are as brief as three weeks to as long as a full academic year. Um, and so, uh, so that means semesters, year-long, summer, which summer can be either split up into summer session one, summer session two, summer sessions one and two. And that usually is like some combination of either five to 11 weeks um, in the summer. That's kind of how those dates range for there. Um, we do have programs that have a, uh, a J term. Uh, and so that's kind of what we call our January term. Mm -hmm. And those typically leave at the end of December and then take up the first two to three weeks of January. And so I'm not quite sure how Stan State's calendar falls, um, but and as, so, as to whether those would be an option for y'all. But, you know, those locations are, you know, tend to be Australia, uh, Cuba, Korea, as well as Spain, where folks can take advantage of that J term. We also have... Uh, a program in India at Bengaluru, which tends to be like an 11 week uh, program. And, you know, the typical semester is about 15 weeks. And so students can basically like get a full um, semester of credits for that program and then uh, have a longer summer. And so that's that's a great perk if you want to like land a longer summer internship somewhere um, or do something like that. Um, and so, but yeah, otherwise, typically our semester programs are about 15 weeks. And for USAC, what would you say, um, what tends to be the most picked? Is it a year long semester? Is it just, you know, the typical one semester, like four months? Yeah, I think uh, I think what I notice is students tend to go most actively for just a semester. Mm. Um, I do um, encourage folks to, you know, and, and I think sometimes folks go for the semester because they think, oh, a semester is shorter, so the expenses will be less. Mm. But sometimes the year long ones can be, you know, a little bit uh cheaper um in like how they and how you can save because you know that gets back to like our earlier comments about cost of living mm -hmm. and so you know staying somewhere for a longer period of time with a lower cost of living can be like a like a huge perk um and so but yeah i tend to notice students you know go towards the semester and i think i think that might not also that might also be due to um, other things like, yeah, I don't want to be away from family that long. I want to come home for the holidays, um, which is totally understandable. And so and I think that tends to be 
a trend within the field of uh, international education and students, you know, wanting to pursue, you know, semester long programs more frequently than a year. Yeah. And to add to that, I feel like a lot of the times too, or at least from my personal perspective, um, students tend to pick like the one semester just because they're kind of dipping their toes into the whole studying abroad thing. And usually the ones who return will stay for like a year if, you know, they're, I mean, earlier, like freshman, sophomore, but for those, you know, who are seniors or juniors, um, they can only do a semester or, you know, so I think that's probably one other reason that they might <laughs> pick semesters instead of like a year long program. Yeah. Um, but uh, what is the difference between a specialty and a partnership? Yeah. Great. So this is kind of getting into the nitty gritty of USAC. Um, so like I said earlier, we have uh, 50 programs in over 25 different countries and those programs are split into two different flavors, if you will. There's the specialty type and then there's the partnership type. So specialty programs are programs where students are still going to be going to a host university more often than not. Um, but the people that they interact with at that university, as in like the student support services, the faculty, um, those, those entities are going to be hired and employed by USAC. And so USAC is going to basically be providing direct service to the students. And students are more often than not going to be in uh, classes with other USAC students. And then they're also going to get a U.S. transcript. And so that's going to come from, you know, either University of Nevada, Reno, um, University of Idaho, University of uh, Nevada in Las Vegas. So the transcript will come from them. Actually, I think Stan State accepts our grade report. And so you actually probably, it, like, it will just be, anyway, I digress. Uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll have U.S. credit um, for doing a specialty program. The specialty programs also have, like, a strong language component or a strong thematic component. Um, and so, uh, for example, we have, you know, a lot of, uh, let's see, which Spain program is it that has that? Um, I believe it's our like San Sebastian Spain program has like a very intense, like uh, learn up to two years of Spanish in a semester kind of program. Mm -hmm. and, and so folks can go on that and really like pick up a second language pretty, pretty quickly and effectively. And we're quite proud of that with some of our language programs. But then we also have, you know, specialty programs in countries where English is the first language. And so, you know, you're not going to, you know, if you're an English speaking student from a U.S. Institu institution, you're not going to go to that place to like learn English. So, so we have different other types of uh, themes within those programs, whether they be like um, communication or business or uh, engineering. Um, so there's like different flavors there. Um, and then with partnership, which is like the other type of program, this is where a student is going to go through USAC to get direct enrolled into an international university. Mm -hmm. And so you know, those, the instructors that they're going to meet are going to be employed by that university. Uh, the student services that they're going to utilize are going to be that university's typical student services. Um, kind of similar to like how um, Stan State has uh, all the services it offers to you on campus. Mm -hmm. You know, 
those are, it's going to be the same from that host institution being provided to you there. What was the other thing I wanted to talk about? Oh, so you'll get an international transcript from uh, that institution that you're going to. Uh, and you'll typically be taking classes with students from that host institution. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's another difference. And one of the, one of the nuances with the partnership programs is that since you're going to, since you're direct enrolling in another university, you basically have greater access to their full course catalog. And so say, for example, you need to take organic chemistry and that's not offered on some of our specialty programs. Mm -hmm. um, you could look into a partner uh, program and see from their course catalog, they have the OCAM class that you need. And so then you can, you know, direct enroll in that university through USAC and be able to get that. And so it can provide greater flexibility if you're a little bit more um, boxed in by what courses you have remaining to, to get. Okay. Okay. Thank you. That was um, a lot of information. So um, oh, no, I overwhelmed you. Sorry. Oh my gosh. No, no. I mean, like, it's very helpful information that I think puts in perspective the two programs you have to offer. And it can help students look at them and see exactly what it is they're trying to look for in a program. So I think that's really great information. Not that it was too much information. It's <laughs> um, all good. So, so one, thing, one thing I'll add is that if you go to our website, it will detail for each of, for all of our programs what the courses either are or what they typically are. And it'll also like give information about how to go find those courses from that partner program institution, if that is the case. Um, and so we definitely want students to be able to do our programs knowing what classes that they can take and how that's gonna come back to help them on their progress towards graduation. Because we also you know, wanna bust that other myth that I talked about earlier, which is that study abroad delays graduation, which sometimes you can use study abroad to get ahead in graduation, you know, mm -hmm. and so. No, yeah. And earlier, um, you mentioned how you can offer, uh, or USAC offers services more directly to students. How will USAC uh, assist our state students if they apply with you guys? Yeah, well, yeah, great question. The way that I kind of think about it is that we have, well, first of all, we're a whole organization dedicated to this. But within that organization, we have four teams that... Uh, the Stan State student uh, will really work closely with. And so there's institutional relations organization or uh, the institutional relations team. I'm a part of that. So I'm USAC's institutional relations uh, officer. And, you know, I get to, you know, I get the, 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 the awesome job of getting to talk about USAC programs with folks such as yourself. Um, and so like, I'm kind of the person that uh, students can go to if they don't know where to go. And then beyond that, we have three other teams. And so there's an enrollments team. This is a team where like, say a student doesn't know which of our programs to pick and they need help and guidance. They can meet with one of our enrollment officers. They can get assistance there to help make a choice. And that person will go through uh, like all the financial components, all the academic components, uh, all the living on the ground components from like kind of that 10,000 feet looking down view so the student can make that decision. And then after a student selects a program, 
then there's another team of folks called program advisors, and they can really give that student great information about like how to prepare to live in that location, um, what they should be knowledgeable about culturally. Um, you know, so for example, uh, you know, if you're going to Korea, fun fact, it's always good to give a gift with two hands. To give a gift with one hand is rude. And so there's like different cultural customs. Um, so program advisors are like the folks that really know the ins and outs of that. And then finally, once the student gets on the ground, there's gonna be on the ground support. And so that's gonna, they're gonna be like a resident director or USAC contacts. Um, and they're going to really help the student with, you know, getting adjusted and acclimated to their 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 experience living in on the ground. Because as I'm sure you probably know, there's like a whole like uh, culture shock curve that everyone goes through, which, you know, is kind of a fun roller coaster. It's kind of scary at times, but it's but you always come out, you always get off the ride being like, OK, can I go on another one? <laughs> That's true. That is very true because I think um, I wanted to touch on what you mentioned about how you guys have the advisors who know the ins and out about the culture and, you know, they kind of teach you th those things. And I think that that specific program that helps students with that is actually a very key component to getting students abroad and helping students understand what they're getting themselves into, because I think a lot of the times they prepare you know, partially to understand the culture, but I don't think they really know the extent of it until when you're there and you're like really living there and experiencing it. So I think the fact that you guys have that department gives those students information ahead of time is actually a really helpful support to have. I don't know. Yeah, that's, what we, that. <laughs> that's, that's what we try to do. Um, and they do like a lot of things besides just like sit down one-on-one -on -one meetings, you know, like we'll do like pre-departure orientations. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll walk folks through like visa processes if they're applicable. Uh, we have a very you know, when a student starts an application, they're going to uh, get access to something that we call gateway. And that's going to have a lot of documents that are going to help them go through the process of signing up to, you know, returning home. Yeah, we have steps and resources and helpers all along the way. And then additionally for Stan State, we help out with some of our automatic discounts. And then also Stan State has specific scholarships and aid that, is, that you know, is allotted. And so as an affiliate, uh, Stan State receives an internationalization award from us, and that kind of gives you like a gives Brittany a chunk of money that she can use to like give out to students for different scholarships, um, which is which which is pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. So, what does USAC um, offer and provide that other programs do not? Yeah. Okay. So this is the question that I think I love the most. I always think that like USAC provides affordable programs in authentic places. And so there's so many providers out there that do that do great work. They, they send the students to amazing locations, but they might not necessarily be like the most affordable or uh, accessible or authentic in some ways. So the, the example that I always think of is it's like, I would absolutely love to study abroad in Paris. Like that, that sounds great. But the reality is you get to Paris and you're surrounded by thousands of other United States students studying abroad. And you're not like, and you go into, you want to go get your baguette and you're like trying to muddle through your French to ask for it. The person across the counter who is like tired of all like the U.S. tourists and the U.S. study abroad folks just switches to English and just like it's like here's your baguette here you go and you know you leave like okay i didn't really feel 
Yeah. Like I have like a good cultural exchange there. And so what USAC does is we pursue more, you know, off the beaten path kind of locations. And so uh, we do have some locations in, you know, big metropolitan, like frequently trafficked cities. Like we have a program in London. And so that's great. But by and large, a lot of our programs are off the beaten path. They're either in like small cities or towns, um, like in the countryside of some of these locations. And so um, what I think is like, so for example, for France, we have locations in Lyon and Po. And so a, a student going to those two locations is more likely to get more deeply ingrained in French culture because they're not going to be in a location that's swarmed by, you know, thousands of other study abroad students. Yeah. And they're going to pick up the language. They're going to, you know, really learn more about that, that host culture. Um, and then additionally, you know, it's like, you know, in thinking about it, if I was to live in New York City, my cost of living would be through the roof. And so like living in Paris, like once again, your cost of living is going to be like the Paris cost of living. And so if you can live in uh, a place that's off the beaten path, you still have Paris accessible to you. You can still get to Paris, but then your day to day is like immersed in this in this beautiful culture and i and i think that is that's that's our secret sauce with usac and so that's that's why i really like it and we also you know go to like a lot of different locations you know that a lot of providers don't focus on so we're talking about like uruguay thailand portugal let's see where else india the czech republic cuba chile and so like places that aren't just western europe uh, mm -hmm. which is where a lot of students like to go study abroad, which is cool. Like those places are great. I've been there. I want to go back again. But, you know, having more options, I think, is really beneficial. Just to kind of hammer some points home, I, I did a little research and I see that Stan State's cost of attendance for one academic year is roughly 24 to 25K for in-state students. And so for roughly that same price, a student could... Uh, have an experience in Po, France. That's in the Pyrenees. That's pretty close to Spain and the Basque country mm -hmm. um, for about the same price. And then if you get even more study abroad scholarships on top of that, you can lower that. And then if you have your own aid that's coming from Stan State, you know, getting dispersed out to you for that, then that's 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 groovy. Another one, and I always like to encourage students to think about this. And so you can also live in Konkan, Thailand, which is just a very beautiful area. It's close to like, you know, you can go to Bangkok, you can go to Chiang Rai, where like the White Temple and the Red Temple are. You can, you know... Uh, you know, go to Cambodia, it's relatively close to there, um, and go see like Angkor Wat, you can do all these different things. And the cost for that program is less than 15k. So you could do that program and save 10k compared to like just stand with Stan State. And, and I and I put all the, the numbers together for that. So that's including like getting there, that's including housing, that's including food. And that's a resource that we have to offer that I think is very helpful for students, which is we have these interactive budget sheets. So for any of our programs, you can go online, you can check out like our fees and information and you can plug in what you think you'll spend. And so if you want to be frugal, you can like punch in all the frugal numbers and see like, oh, how does this compare to me just sticking in here? 
Or you can be like, hey, I want to live it up because you can live it up too if that's like what you want to do and you're able to do that. Uh, and you can plug those numbers in there too and you can see how it compares. And so- I was going to say, I think you make a really great point too because it, it kind of goes without saying, but it's kind of like, do you want to do a regular semester at home or do you want to pay the same price and do it somewhere else? You know, so it's kind of like, why? who wouldn't want to do it somewhere else if you can? I mean, if you're, that's what you're paying your- um, regular institution, you know what I mean? So I think that's a great point that you brought up. <laughs> and also, um, I think it's really cool that you guys offer more, um, I guess, of an immersive, you really think about how students are going to immerse into the culture. Whereas like you were saying, I think a lot of people do go to, you know, Western European countries, which like you said, is totally fine. Um, but I do think that a lot of the times too, when applying for scholarships, this is kind of off topic, but when applying for scholarships, I think a lot of people look for students who are going to lesser known or less commonly traveled um, places and kind of gear the scholarships to those students, if that makes sense. So, Oh yeah, 100%. Because, because that student's choosing to do something that's a little bit off the beaten path that makes them stand out in the reviewer's mind. Yes. Um, yeah, 100%. I, I follow your, your logic train on that. All right. So um, can you kind of moving on to the application process for USAC, can you explain to us more about the process to apply for USAC? Yeah, sure. So it's super easy. Uh, just go to usac.edu. In the top left corner, there's an apply now button. You can click that after you've reviewed whatever program that you're interested in. And then once you get into our gateway portal, it's going to ask you to like select the program that you want to apply for. You can only apply for one program per term. Uh, because we want students to be very intentional with what they're applying for. Uh, there's no cost to apply. So there's there's no fees. You know, we're not we're not putting up barriers to studying abroad. You'll basically fill out some initial information. And then about three to four days later, a USAC enrollment specialist, that's where that other team comes in, is going to reach out to you um, and they're going to ask you, for a bunch of more information. And so and that can depend on the location you're going to. So you might need to submit stuff that is gonna be utilized to like get your visa secure for your destination. You might need to support, let's provide like different health and safety information. Um, you know, some countries like have, you know, COVID vaccine requirements and like that's what their law is. And so students going to that country to like, you know, demonstrate that they have their vaccination card and that they've gotten the full dose, if that's like what that country's requiring, which USAC also in all the programs does still require the COVID vaccine. Yeah. And so like all that different information. And so students will have about four weeks to get all that, get all those ducks in a row. And then after that submission, then their application will be reviewed and they'll be either accepted into the program or not. And at that point, they'll need to pay a $500 program deposit. Then after that, uh, the program, the full program fee will be, you know, due later. Sometimes for some of our programs, I think they might be due like the same date. Uh, you can find those details of like our fees and deadlines on each of our program pages. But yeah, it's typically like how it goes. Um, and then after you're in the program, that's like when those program advisors uh, kind of come into play and then they start, you know, leading, leading you to the onboarding of getting on the ground being successful yeah. in the country you're going to. Um, once, you know, someone's accepted, if students have questions, who can they contact um, when it comes to, you know, any questions about the host university application process? Is there different people that they're contacting or is it someone specific? Typically the student 
after they get into our process, we kind of the way that we lead students through a process, we usually let the, stu the student know who the person to contact is. Um, and so and that will either be like a enrollment specialist, a program advisor, or maybe like their RD in their home country um, or their host country. But what I'll say is that like, if a student is ever confused or doesn't know where to go, that's that's why I'm here. And so students can reach out to me at any time for any reason. And I'll either know the answer, get them the answer or direct them to the right person to be in touch with about for that answer. Okay, perfect. Kind of wrapping things up. Um, do you recommend studying abroad? And if so, what advice would you give anybody going through USAC? Yeah, sure. So I 100% recommend everybody to study abroad. It's just too life changing of an experience to pass up. It's going to open your eyes to things that you've never thought about. It's going to instill confidence in you that you never knew you had. Employers absolutely love it. They see it. They want to pay you more. You might beat out other people that you're competing against with for jobs. Um, it's going to demonstrate you're able to like work with people that are from different and diverse backgrounds, which is like critically needed in this world today. Um, additionally, like you might not have as much flexibility in your life later as you do now to study abroad. Like when I did that, you know, quest to make up for not having study abroad, I had to make like a lot of sacrifices and it was challenging. And, you know, I look back and was like, you know, I probably like, it was probably a worse financial decision. <laughs> to not study abroad because like of the sacrifices I had to make later after being out of university already. Definitely like pursue this folks. Um, advice, because that's what you actually asked me about. And I just like went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, I asked you for both. I asked you for both. And I honestly just kind of add to that. I also feel like I get so passionate when I tell people that they should study abroad. Like it really truly is life changing. I don't know how many times I have to say it because I could like yell it like on like mountaintops <laughs> literally like you know but um yeah so what advice do you have for students who are going to study abroad through USAC so my first one is just like don't make my mistake please do study abroad uh that's my first piece of advice my second one would be start planning your freshman year your first year at college um and that you know a lot of times folks delay till their to their junior year and a lot of options just in the field in the world of study abroad like come off the table. And so if you are a junior listening to this podcast, share this with any freshman friends that you have uh, and encourage them to, you know, start looking into it now um, because that will give you the most options available to you. Apply to scholarships. Uh, there, I, I used to work at a university that gave out and was in charge of giving out study abroad scholarships. And I will tell you what, and I've heard this from many other people, a lot of times scholarships go without being given out because not enough people applied. Mm -hmm. um, so apply, apply, apply. I also encourage you to like crowdsource funds. 
you know, getting the new PS7. I don't even know if that's a thing. Getting a new PlayStation, <laughs> whatever, you know, is great. But like, you know, asking for a portion of your study abroad is like a gift. You know, that's, that people love giving the gift of study abroad. And so um, that, that's great. Um, that's like another piece of advice I have. And I've seen students get really creative with like crowdsourcing funds. And if this is something that can save you money, and so this kind of really like goes into the USAC in that, that Concan example, if this is something that can save you money and might even actually get you more money in the future by making you a highly desirable job candidate, um, you know, jump on it. Don't, don't pass it up. Well, Chuck, thank you so much for taking time to join us and for sharing your experience. I hope listeners who are planning to study abroad or people who love to travel, learn something new and are inspired. If you are interested in learning more about how to study abroad with Stan State, please go to our website at eie.csustan.edu forward slash study abroad, or feel free to email us at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu. Thank you for flying with Study Abroad Airlines. We hope you enjoyed your flight. If you have a connecting flight, you can find them at eie.csustan.edu slash study abroad, or email us at study underscore abroad at csustan.edu.